The Nuggets began the season in a very different way by dropping the first banner in franchise history. We'll talk about anticipating that night. We'll preview the Lakers game. Plus, Zeke got that money. And we'll talk about all that more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being part of our community and being an everyday or listening to us on the daily as we do have five shows a week for you. Appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Make sure if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts to take a second and give us a five-star review. And if you're checking us out on YouTube and part of the great cast of folks that we have hanging out with us on this Sunday night, including five-ish, Dragutin, Nicholas, Kane. Want to give a shout out to Freddie, who was the first one in, and Nicholas, all sorts of folks hanging out with us. Make sure to give us a like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and you can join the live show. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content. For DNVR on today's show, we'll talk about the Zeke Naji extension, the reasons that the Nuggets chose to extend Naji and what they're banking on as far as that money goes. We'll talk about Banner Night and kind of what we're anticipating for what that's going to be like for both the players, the coaches, and I think most importantly, the fans. And we'll preview the Lakers game, our first game preview of the season. We'll talk about that matchup. Plus, I want to get into a little bit of asking Adam about the trash talk conversation and his read on the entire thing. Let's start with Zeke Naji, my man. Four years, four years, 32 million. Got himself a, a good-sized extension, not bad. Um, I, I'm i never really surprised, and I've become less surprised by the minute in the NBA with teams choosing to extend guys. It used to be really like a very discerning thing of like, is there going to be an extension? Is there not going to be an extension? And now, unless there is a huge divide between what the player is asking for and what the team believes that he deserves. And if they're willing to risk the damage from that, the extensions are pretty common. It's just better to have guys on roster locked in, have that contract, not only to have the player available, but also to have it as a movable contract. Uh, I just kind of saw the news and was like, okay, yeah. All right. Well, I, I, there's ways that this doesn't work out. I understand the reasoning behind it. It makes a lot of sense for both sides. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think rather than try to debate whether or not this is the right or wrong move, the truth is we'll only know in the future. Like only how this plays out will determine that. At this very moment, there's reason to think, oh, it's likely that Zeke is going to be great and worth the contract or likely that he is now a tradable asset. But I think it's more interesting for our audience to talk about just how this happened. I So a couple layers. One, some new rules in place in the CBA. And I do wonder if this is an early indication of how teams are going to be building their rosters. If there's going to just be more continuity and more giving your guys money than there is player movement. I know that was one of the aims of the CBA. I think the NBA wants more players kind of staying in one place so fan bases get to know them. So I'm curious if that's part of it. But for Denver, I think it's just two pronged. The first part is Zeke Naji, this is a make or break year. You pay him this money. And there's a good chance he lives up to it or outperforms it, you know, if you really believe in him. 
The second part is that he does allow you to make a real trade next summer if you were to want to pair him and Reggie Jackson's contracts together. And Denver going forward is not going to be able to add people to the roster in a lot of different ways. Trades is one of the best ways you can do that. So I think that really is what Denver's doing, hoping that he works out for them, but also prepared for even if he is good, they might need to move on from him. And now he is in position to be a more tradable asset in a year's time if they so choose. I, I don't know if, if Calvin Booth thinks this. I might ask some other folks in the organization. But one thing I think is pretty clear is the, the biggest, to me, the contrast of how the Nuggets are going about this, not just the Zeke Naji move, signing the second round picks, the multi-year contracts, building the bench almost entirely out of young players. To me, it's contrasted most starkly with the Milwaukee Bucks, who they pretty much like they pulled off the Dame trade and that's a huge coup for them. Like resets their championship viability gets them off of the ledge as far as the possibility of Giannis on the Kumpo asking out. But the Bucks, one of the reasons why uh, I was very bearish on them before the Dame trade is they had just kind of been trying to piece it together year by year. You spend every summer being like, okay, we have Giannis and Brooke uh, and Chris Middleton and Drew. We got those four. How do we fill out the rest of the roster with the amount of money that we have? And if you don't have young players and you're not locking them in on extensions, you want to be in like, okay, Wes Matthews, one year deal. Okay. Joe Ingles, right. we'll, we'll put him on this. We'll use the middle level exception on him. Um, oh, we'll throw in, we'll get Jay Crowder in a trade uh, and give a, bu- a bunch of seconds and try and piece it. You wind up adding these essentially not emergency, but very much like whatever is available that's what you're putting into the meal, right? Like you're not like custom ordering the ingredients. You're just taking whatever it is. And that's what you're trying to make the meal out of. Now you've got good ingredients because you got Giannis and that's pretty good. And that lineup is absolutely killed. So it's not like the bucks have been badly run, but they have run up against every single year. They are basically scrambling, trying to figure out how do we fill out this roster? Boy, I hope Marjan Beauchamp hits. Boy, it'd be nice if Grayson Allen took a step forward, et cetera, et cetera. The Nuggets and said, even with the Zignaji move, like you said, either he develops into, hey, Zignaji's a pretty good like veteran player on an affordable contract, or hey, Zignaji can be moved for eight million in salary to get him somewhere else so that they can add another piece for the long term. Yeah. I mean, are there any teams that have successfully built kept to keep a window open, you know, for for a long time? I mean, the Gold State Warriors did. But they had a young core, and they also kept their window alive by getting Kevin Durant in the middle of that of that window. Mm-hmm. Like lately, who? What's another example of a team that has both succeeded and been able to sort of keep it wide? Maybe Boston. Yeah, but Boston didn't even really. Uh, I wouldn't say pursued either one of those strategies. Boston was very much just like they built around the Jays, and then they would make some moves around the edges like their draft was i think a big part of it like robert williams right um adding al horford so those kind of things but in in really when you kind of look at it it was like it was smart and the jays and that was the foundation of the team and they kind of just like transitioned from the isaiah thomas era into the new they managed to keep the window pretty wide uh without having to go down the veteran route but i think part of that was also because their guys were young and they weren't on as big a contracts like that's a big difference here is like denver denver has a combination that's pretty exceptional in that they have younger players right because everybody's under the age of 30 but they do have two max players 
and two 100 plus million contract players. And those guys are going to need new deals in the next couple of years too. So they have a little bit of a difference thing where like the, the bucks value is declining as they get older and they are not like, they made good money this summer, but they didn't make like five year, 150. Right. And that differential I think is important when we look at it and it's increases. I think the importance of what Calvin Booth's approach has been with trying to build out the roster sustainably over the next eight years. Yeah. It's a tough task. And, and, you know, Denver is very well positioned to pull it off, but it does take some calculated risks. And for me, you know, I'm rooting for Zeke Naji. I think he's going to play a lot. And one reason to think that he is part of their long-term plans, you know, what have the coaching staff been talking about his improvement this year? Dribble handoff game, you know, trying to get him to maybe tailor his game. You look at it. He hasn't been taking a ton of threes. He has been hitting the glass really hard in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but it does look like maybe his game has a different focus than it has in years past and maybe one more design to the second unit. So I think Denver hopes he works out. Um, I do think also with Zeke, confidence is a big thing. And $32 million, you know, hopefully that takes one burden off. You've been big on this, man. This is really your take that the Nuggets haven't had major contracts uh, negotiations hanging over their head for a season. This is a smaller scale, but I do think that it probably allows Zeke to relax a little bit and say, mm-hmm. okay, I got a spot. I'm going to play minutes and I got a contract. I'm set for life. Yeah. You know, taking off that pressure is, is it's immense with keeping agendas out of the locker room, you know, and the Jamal Murray uh, decision is kind of the next one. And they're going to wait on that. And for both sides, it makes the most sense. And I'm not too worried about that, given his importance of the franchise and what he's shown in the playoffs. Um, but like getting this done, it's just one less distraction. It's one less concern. Now. I mean, look, the, the, there's also a possibility that this ends very badly. Well, like one, if he's just never healthy, you're just eating up 8 million a year on a guy that can't stay on the floor. And that's a real problem. I don't, there is no way for me to project that out though. I can't project. I don't like it when people are like, but you know, he'll get over that. You don't know. And like, right. Oh, well, he's always going to be injury prone. You don't know. Like I don't think the injury prone stuff is so overblown, Matt. Part of this is like, he has gotten hurt, but part of this is he wasn't hurt for as long as he typically would. He just wasn't in the rotation firmly yet. Yeah. So the injuries feel like they were bigger than they were, but just because he came back and then they just, he didn't play. Yeah, it's like, it's like, well, that was what frustrated me so much about last year, where it's like that kid worked his way into the rotation. He gets hurt. And this happened with Blackout, too. It's like you work your way into the rotation, you get hurt, and then you don't get your job back. Right. And I, that continues to be something that I don't understand the thought process of. Like that worked out. (laughs) Did not go badly. Hard to criticize the results. Right. Right. Um, but like, this is one thing where I don't, when people talk about how Malone doesn't want to play the young guys, I'm like, no, 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 we got, we got a, we got a little bit of a history now of like, no, if you bring the right attitude and approach, he'll play you or he'll play you and then bench you to correct whatever it is that he thinks you're not doing and then play you again. Um, the bigger thing for me is just that if you're young, like if you're old, you are guaranteed spots. If you are young, you are not, no matter what you do to earn your spot, if, if you get hurt, you're back to zero and you got to claw all the way. Yeah. You got to get the opportunity and then claw your way back up. And, and that, to me, I think is a better encapsulation of how Malone has handled these kind of things. Um, real quick, just as a housekeeping thing with this contract, I talked to our friend of the show, uh, Jake Coyne, about this. So part of it is his contract now is a poison pill. So if Denver were to trade him during the season, 
they would trade him based on the outgoing salary of this year. I think it's $4 million, somewhere around there. But the team taking him on would have to trade him for his incoming salary next year, which is like $7.5 million a year. So it is doable, but it's a little more complicated. It's it's more difficult to make a trade with him during this season. Next year, that all goes away. So next summer, you could trade him for his next contract money, which is the big one. I say all that to say the shorthand is, I think Zeke is very likely to be with the Nuggets for this entire season. If he is traded, I think it would be next summer. I would agree with that. That sounds about right. We will talk about banner night. The ring, the rings are going to be given. The banner is going to drop. It's going to be pretty emotional in Ball Arena and at the DMVR bar. Uh, lots of stuff to kind of dive into there. I think Adam and I are going to disagree a little bit on what uh, what Tuesday night's going to be, be like. It'll be a good conversation. We'll talk about that on the other side. Right now, I want to tell you about the Game Time app. Man, I got to tell you, Adam, that Hosier show was phenomenal. It was, was so good. so good. Absolutely perfect terrific. weather too, wasn't it? Oh my god, so, that was so nice. And you look out, like for those of you in Colorado that are listening to this, and if for the ability to go to Red Rocks Amphitheater is yeah, just cool. an unbelievable like boon. I cannot there there you go to other venues in the entire country, there is nowhere like that place. And we got tickets to Hosier on game time. Um, it's the best way for you to find tickets not only in advance but right up till the start of the event uh my wife is absolutely just fiending to go to an abs game and uh she was checking these prices and she's like oh man we can't i don't want to i don't want to spend that much on it and i was like you try game time and she was like oh ha ha okay thank you mr locked on because she listens to Lockdown <laughs> abs and she knows about game time i was like no i was like no seriously like open it up and she was like Oh, wow. These really are like we this actually is doable. So she's going to go um, game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. You get to find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. The Locked on Ultimate NBA season preview is here. It's a six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked on NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, you can catch Adam Mares on one of those. I'll let you figure out which. We go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked on NBA on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Second segment here with Adam Mares on a Monday. World's Finest coming at you. Appreciate you guys being with us. Uh, programming notes. So Swipe will have his preview for uh, the Lakers game tomorrow night. And then uh, we will do a post-game show on Tuesday night. I will try and time that to where it happens. We will probably basically go live after DNBR. So I know there's a lot of folks that like listening to us both. And I will try not to uh, conflict with my co-hosts other show. Back-to-back um, back post-game shows, man. Nuggets fans are so lucky. I know, right? We got so much good content. So let's talk about banner night. Um, on on Tuesday, they'll drop the banner. 
and they'll hand out the rings. And if you haven't seen these before, there's a, a, a special kind of ceremony that goes on with them handing, like they announce all the people that are involved and then round of applause and then they hand out the rings and there's like lots of fun stuff that kind of happens there. Uh, Wind had the actual particulars on when stuff's going to happen. So you're going to want to get it's there. It's earlier than you think. Yeah, you're going to want to get there early if you're going to ring night. Uh, because Tomorrow, if you don't have vacation days tomorrow, you might want to like drop a few coughs around the office, you know, <laughs> just set, set the tone for going home early Tuesday. Um, I'm looking at, uh, trying to, yeah, here we go. 3.30 is when doors open at Ball Arena. 4.45 is when the ring ceremony and banner raising begins. So not crazy about TNT doing this to the 4.45. So people aren't even off of work when this happens. Not, that's not great. Um, and then 5.30, Nuggets, Lakers tip off. Um, this is also a little bit of a change, I will note, because typically speaking, what they do is they actually, they have it be like, you come on the court, you get your rings. They're all like put in like a cart. And then you like you play the basketball game, and now they're doing like a little bit of a break uh, in between, um, probably to make sure that LeBron's in the right mind space after all that to make sure that it's not interrupting him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. To get ready, uh, I, I guess my biggest question is, who do you think is going to have the biggest reaction to getting the ring? Man, that's a really good question. I think Michael Malone. Just given, I mean, here's the thing I was going to say. You said we we're going to disagree on this. You know, today at practice, Michael Malone and Jamal Murray both really, really downplayed ring night. As in, they don't want it to happen. Like, they want to focus on the game. And so for them, it's like, we've already I mean, – even Murray said, well, do you think you take one last moment to reflect on it? And he's like, no, we've already done that. It's like time to move on. Like, we'll get... So I know people say that, but at the same – and then they get emotional when it happens. But I do think that there's a little bit of a – it's almost an inconvenience doing it here right before a game. It's interesting. I think you might be right in this respect, which is they did not view this as the culmination of anything. If anything, the Nuggets entire approach from the second the clock hit zero in game five has been finally what's been rightfully ours is ours. And now we can get to the work of adding like it, it has not been the Mavericks. I think we're, we're one of the biggest, like, wow. What a culmination of everybody's career, like Dirk, J right. you know, Jason kid, uh, all of like Jason Terry, right. All of these guys who had had very long careers and it was a very veteran group. So for them, and even, you know, there were changes that summer after the lockout uh, in regards to how everything kind of moved around. So that team didn't return everything. Um, in 2012, yeah, 12, the fall of 2012, when LeBron and the Heat got the ring, it was a little bit different. It was very much like, okay, like, all right, then back to work now. And there is, I think, a certain degree of, um, with the Nuggets, not unfinished business, but like continued business to be done. This is not like, all right, time to rest on our laurels. Right. And then we'll see in the spring, if we can do it again, they're like, no, like there's work to be done. Let's go at the same time. I just think that like, you're going to have the video montage of all of those moments and you're going to be back living in those moments, like remembering what that was like. And you're going to have this like 
wow, like this, I really am a champion. Like this is my championship ring. And you get the entire arena swelling with emotion as that banner drops for the first time in franchise history. The first time in the long history of that franchise. I, I just think that there's going to have to be some sort of emotional impact that no matter how much, like, I don't, I think Joker's well-equipped to handle it. I think maybe Aaron Gordon, maybe uh, Christian Brown, younger guy, maybe, even though he's maybe too young to even really right. Like Christian's just like, well, this is just what you do is you just, you play a season, you win a championship. What, <laughs> what else is there? Um, I think he's chomping at the bit to play though. Yeah. Like I, I do feel like he is excited for year two. I, I'll say this about Christian. And I was talking to Katie when she actually had practice uh, about this today. He was very quiet and reserved last year. And I almost think, and he's talked about this a little bit about, I think he kind of knew I'm a rookie. What have I done? Like my job is to be quiet and observe. I think he's come out of his shell a lot this year in a way where he just feels more, he's showing more personality. He's showing more confidence and like sarcasm. And I do wonder if that's going to be true of on the court as well, where it's like, hey, we see a little bit more of Christian trying things and being aggressive and asserting himself into the game more. Maybe those two things don't go hand in hand, but I kind of feel like they will. DeAndre will be, will be emotional, right? Long time in the league for him. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Aaron Gordon, just because I think he's an emotional guy. Yeah, I think AG will be, yeah. Jamal, well, I think we'll, I think Jamal will be ready. To, I think Jamal will use it as like fuel, right? I, I, think I bet Jamal, Jamal has a good game. Yeah, I, I would say that Jamal probably has a good game. Um, so, I think I will say this though: like I'm most kind of excited to see that again in the crowd. Uh, I walked around, I walked the concourse before Game Five, and it was a really incredible experience. Like I'm never gonna forget what that was like going around the arena before Game Five, um, and just seeing the fans and seeing how much like joy and hopefulness there was. I've talked about that a lot and I'm really excited tomorrow night to see what that feels like in the arena because you can, you get the crowds take on personalities. It's one of the weirdest and most amazing things. Like I, you know, I've studied social psychology and this stuff never gets boring to me. I'm always fascinated by it where um, Blazers game two, 2019 remains the single most annoyed I've ever heard ball arena. Like the entire arena was annoyed with the Nuggets that night because they had just watched the Avs the night before and then came back for this one. And it was a late game and the weather was terrible and they shot horribly and they were so annoyed that night. Do you remember that game? Uh, vaguely. I vaguely remember. And they were like, the whole arena was so annoyed. So I'm really oh, curious. Yeah, I'm annoyed. Like with this, with this experience, what, what's that going to be like? Um, the release said one player will speak. I am guessing that will be one of Jokic, Jamal, or Gordon. I'm going to guess Gordon. It would be very nuggets to make Julian Strother do it. I think you can't – I mean, on banner night, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't bring out somebody that wasn't there. I and honestly that, think it has to be one of the main guys. I think it will be Aaron Gordon, and I'll yeah. bet it will be very short and sweet. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's get it going. Yeah, like this is great. Yeah, let's Thank do you it so again. Much. You guys know our goal. We want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal, I think would be the best. Um, Jokic would just talk very fast and be like, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. rushes through those things. Uh, on the other side, it's game time. Let's talk about it. Let's let's get into it. Let's break down some X's and O's. Let's talk matchups. Plus, I want to get Adam's thoughts on whether or not all of this trash talk narrative, how much of this is real. And I, I have some stuff I, I got to get off my chest about it. We'll do that 
in just a second. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. I had the Broncos today. I love the spot for them. There was no reason for them to be a point and a half dog at home to the Green Bay Packers. That was a ridiculous line. Uh, so that was nice. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, by the way, I also put two bets in on the Nuggets game. Uh, I have Jokic, two plus threes. That's at plus 280 at FanDuel. So if you're like me and you think the Joker, that the preseason three-point rate is not incidental, and Adam's in my head about how uh, he took a lot of threes versus Anthony Davis, and he's warming up to take those versus him. That, was, that's a half-baked theory, man. That's a half-baked theory. Don't hold me to that one. It's a plus 280, baby. So all okay. you have to do is be right like 20% of the time, and we're good. Uh, you should, you can check, check that out. I've also got Austin Reeves over 22 and a half points, rebounds, assists, because I think the Nuggets don't really care what Austin Reeves does. That's what I learned from the conference finals. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. Adam Mars and Matt Moore. Final segment with you. Let's talk X's and O's, man. I haven't, we haven't done this in a while. We got. I got to remember what it's like to actually talk about a basketball game. Uh, so I, I can give you. I have watched quite a bit of Lakers in preseason. Do you want some insight into what I've seen from them? Yes. Okay. Uh, the the players themselves are not all that much better than last year. There's a lot of conversation about how much like the Lakers had an amazing off season. And I'm like, what it's Tori on. Like I like Tori and Prince, but it's Tori on Prince and Gabe Vincent. Next what are we doing guys? Um, what? Yeah. Who, who else is, are the guys? Max Christie, right? Yeah. Max Christie. I mean, they have, they have like a bunch of guys, but not all of them can play and they're all right. like pretty. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. But the fit is much better. They do fit much better around LeBron and AD. They have better shooting and spacing. Uh, AD, I will say, as somebody who is uh, probably the most critical person in media of, of Anthony Davis, I would put myself on that list. Um, he looks like he actually has put in the work he said he did on the jumper. And that's important. If he's able to hit the mid-range jumper, it means he doesn't have to try and win on the inside. He doesn't have to body. He doesn't have to play tough. He doesn't have to be the bigger guy. He can just hit those short-range jumpers because of the amount of pressure that LeBron and Reeves will put on the rim. And that makes things really easy, especially in the Nuggets pick-and-roll coverage. Um, I Again, I am expecting a really good game from Reeves, uh, especially rebounding, because that second unit's going to switch a lot. And I think rebounding is going to be an issue for that second unit all year. So I'm a little concerned about offensive rebounds, not necessarily putbacks, but I'm worried about offensive rebounds leading to long possessions, multiple possessions that the uh, second unit's going to have to defend. Um, and other than that, like, you know, we'll see what LeBron brings to the table. Um, it's always like he's fresh. He's as fresh as he's going to be. So, you know, that's, it's not January when he's played three of five, but I do think um, it's only interesting to see what he looks like at age 39 because father time catches up more and more quickly as it kind of goes along. Those are kind of my first initial thoughts. I do think this is probably going to be a game where Jamal is going to need to have that good game that we talked about. 
I think this is a game where they're going to need some random bench three pointers because of the way that the Lakers stagger things. I talked about it on the last solo show I did about how much I hate this. I hate this Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson court that we're going to get. I hate this Jamal and the stagger. I just, I, it's not going to work. It's just, it's not, it's not, I see no way that this works out. And I think we're going to, that's going to be very evident from game one. Like I think they're going to lose the Jokic minutes by more than they will on average, the most of the season in this one. Those are kind of my initial thoughts on the game. That's a lot of thoughts. Um, I think Denver's defense is going to be bad. Like this is my, we're going from the playoffs where their defense was incredible, very impressive, especially by the time they matched up with the Lakers to where the Lakers, I think Denver took some of the fright away from how good the Lakers could look on that end of the floor to now we're going to the first game of the year. And I just expect them to not look great on defense. I think tomorrow there might be some frustration about how easy the Lakers score or, Yeah, Tuesday night. Um, conditioning, I still think, might be a bit of a problem for this team also. I think that's going to be a work in progress. Not having seen Michael Porter and Christian Brown is a huge wild card in this game. I mean, who knows what to expect from those guys? Are they rusty? Christian Brown needs to make an impact. Michael Porter needs to knock down shots. Do both of those things happen? That's a huge mystery. Uh, and then the... You know, it is such a weird night because both of these teams, two teams have been sort of jawing at each other. It's highly anticipated, but it's also an early game. It's also got all of the weird stuff about the the ceremony. So I just think it's going to probably be a game that the Nuggets don't necessarily look great, um, but doesn't mean they can't win it. I just don't think that this is going to be a game that's totally um, like a sign of things to come. I think this is going to be its own challenge, its own game. And and all, and in some ways, the real season will feel like it starts on Friday. They just have to get through this like one circus game. Sloppy, weird, passes out of bounds, drop passes. A lot, a lot of that we're gonna see. Um, yeah, I think. I kind of wonder if it'll be. I think it'll be. <laughs> I I think the bar is low here, but I think it'll be better than the Jazz game last year, in that they're at home and there's better continuity. Like Joker talked a lot about how many new guys there were on that team last year. And there are a lot of new faces, but they do return. Like the starting five knows what it's doing together right. and they'll still have some mistakes. But in general, I think that it'll be a little bit better than that. Um, for me, a lot of this is going to be the, the section that in the early season, and I've talked a lot about this on the shows and I've written about it that I'm, I want to focus in on most is Jamal usually exits between six and seven minutes first quarter. The remainder of that quarter is what I want to see because the Bruce with starters minutes were incredible. Like they were unbelievably good. And it, a lot of times they took leads and expanded them right versus bench units. When the other teams would go into their stagger and I want to see if that's still possible. Like if it's Christian Brown, right? If they go to, if they go no point guard and they go, okay, we're going to sub out Jamal and we're going to bring in Christian Brown and we're going to basically have KCP or Christian bring the ball up the floor and then Joker's run a point. What does that look like? Is it Not bold if I say, I think that those lineups will be better than the Bruce lineups. I, I think I, is it, you think it's bold? I think the mm -hmm. Christian plus four starters, assuming one of those is Jokic. Christian plus four starters. I think that lineup will look better than Bruce's four starters. Okay. It was plus 13 last yeah, year. Yeah, it, it was really good. It was really strong. And if it's better, 
then that alleviates a lot of the problems for for Denver. They're going to be then that makes that means that they're going to be able to rest Joker a lot more in the fourth quarter. Like Maybe I, I, I to be clear, I do think the Christian without Jokic minutes are going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the the trash talk stuff real quick. So I don't understand. Like I get that Vic said the Laker daddy thing. What what is any what have any of the Nuggets said? I, I don't understand this like whole like the Nuggets have talked trash all summer. That's just not accurate. Like there's no accuracy in that. And the attempts not only by the Lakers and not only by Lakers media, but like there is the what's the it's the Mandela effect where this thing that everyone's like, oh yeah, this definitely happened. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the Lakers like to like I remember in July, Jamal Murray did that podcast where he was like, the Lakers are garbage. And it's like that never, like none of this stuff ever happened. Um, I do want to kind of ask you, I I tend to think that the Nuggets are better when you shove them. I think that when you put them in a corner, that's when you get their best effort. Now, they didn't, I thought they would struggle more last year and have to be put in that conversation. Instead, they were the ones that came out and put other teams in the corner and bullied them all throughout the playoffs. But I just do kind of wonder how much of this, like, th- like the Lakers are talking really big. Like they've been like, oh yeah, like we we'll see them on opening night. We can't wait for this. Oh yeah, they've been talking. We know. And the Nuggets are like, we didn't say anything. But I, I mean, if you want to start something, okay. I I don't know that this is a yeah. good strategy to take against. Here's them. here's here's what I'll say, Matt. I think that you're right. Michael Malone had his moment of mild sort of jabbing at the Lakers during the playoffs themselves. And then again at the parade, just a little bit. And then on McAfee show, like Malone had that Vic Lombardi had his moment. I don't think any of the players have really said anything themselves, but I think it's fair to say these two teams don't like each other. I mean, what do we know about what did Bruce say on his podcast about the the nuggets? They took that game seriously. I don't know why, but that they were so locked in that whole series. They didn't want to win in five. They wanted to win in four. They were locked in um, this or that. That tells you that there is a little something. Maybe we don't know what it is. Maybe it's not any one thing, but there is a little edge to that. They also met in the bubble. Maybe there's a little bit of that. We also know the Lakers take it serious because of how they've responded to all this. So what I would say is that the Lakers Nuggets is the beginning of a rivalry. And at this moment, it feels more like a Cold War. You know, like it's two two teams that haven't actually, you know, thrown blows just yet, but both are like, they both feel the same way about each other and they both know it. And that's where all of this subtext goes. It is a little media spun. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I thought that both McMenamin and Ohm both wrote stories that were like kind of stoking the fire a little bit, pointing things out. Not that they were doing anything wrong. There was a kernel of truth there and they ran with it. So it's a little media driven, but at the same time, it's not made up. It's just you know, they're pointing out the drama that exists below the surface. Yeah. I thought it was, um, I was, I've been, I will say I've been a little bit surprised by KCP's take on all this, where it's like, he didn't reach out to the, like the Lakers guys. Like it's, that's just over for him, which I'm a little surprised at by given the, a lot of factors. Um, it's going to be just interesting. I think this is a very particular emotional spot where it's the first game of the season 
you, you're reliving the championship on the, the Jumbotron and getting your ring, the banners dropping, and then you're facing this team that has basically said, we're out to get you from game one. Now that the good news is, is like, this is a no lose for Denver. I'm just being real here. It's like, if you lose, it's, oh, congratulations. You won on opening night. We'll see you in May when it matters. When, um, what do we do? Oh, that's right. We swept you. And yeah, if they win, yeah. it's like, hey, we still own you. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you're right that it's not, I don't think there's a, it's a, I don't think the Nuggets can lose. You know, like they lose the game. It's not that big of a deal. I do kind of think, though, that they could win. Like if they win the game, especially if they win it convincing, I do feel like there's a little bit of a, you know, it, it's just, it, 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 it adds even more to it. In some ways, feels like a five-game sweep instead of a four-game sweep. So I can't explain it, but to me, that's just how it feels. A little bit of a, um, you know, you set the tone for the rest of the year, just saying, yeah, not only did we beat you last year, we're beating you this year, and it's already early. I, so I do think Denver has more to gain than they do to lose on Tuesday. I want to note that the first game has not occurred, and there is a conversation about whether or not Malone should be the coach is in the comments. We are at a new – this is a new where, record. Where, where do you see that? I want to see it. This is a new record. Uh, yes, we won the finals, but I swear with Joker, we should be winning every game by 20, and I want <laughs> the assistant guy to take over so bad. So – we we are on our way. We are the season. The season's a fit nugget season's officially here. If people are well, I saw one earlier. Somebody was saying that we need to hold the front office's feet to the fire or something like that. Like your media, it's your job. I was kind of like, guys, they're literally the champions and have not let, yet lost a single game. I don't know what are we doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I've said that I'm 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 worried about the second unit. I think that they of course, I, and I think I've said in, in previous shows over the summer. I think that they have gone too far in the number. Like there is room in the 15 for them to have added some of the veterans that are on the market. Like there are good players that are on the market right now. And I think having some of those would be a good insurance policy. I also get why they didn't like, I get it. I get it. It's just going to be interesting to see uh, how it works out. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for your first locked on nuggets of the week of the season. Appreciate you guys being with us. Catch Swipa tomorrow as he previews the first game of the season. We'll have post game on Tuesday night, and then we're off and running previews and game shows and conversations about all the things that are going on. We'll have it all covered for you here on Locked on Nuggets.